0: everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. We've got a little four-game review uh, for you, starting with the second leg of the round of 16 in the Champions League against Borussia Gladback. And uh, to help me do that, as you can probably guess, we've got the two normal guests with us and uh, the first one we've got is Ray from the YouTube channel City Fan TV. We do actually have um, a YouTube channel. If Mister Brent from Nottinghamshire is is actually listening, I heard he was being quite critical of our fan base. But uh, uh, Ray, how are you doing? I'm um, I'm not doing too bad, Mike. Not doing
1: too bad at all. And you know, um, can I say, since the last pod, I'm three quarters
0: very happy. Uh huh. If you can work three it out. Quarters, th- I think three quarters, very happy. Three quarters because th- we won three and didn't win one. Yeah, I think uh, that sort of fits the description of most of us. We also have Prestwich Blue, or as you know him, Colin Savage as well. Colin, how are you doing?
2: I'm all right. It's nice to be described as normal. <laughs>
0: all right, guys. Well, Manchester City 2, Borussia Munchen Gladback 0. That's a 4 0 aggregate win. And uh, into the quarterfinals we go. But we've been there before. And uh, this is usually, well, the next uh, stage of the competition is usually where it ends for us. Uh, hopefully we'll do a bit better this time. But, um, yeah, let's take a look at this game, uh, this game, guys. And I'm particularly interested in the lineups. And there's been quite a lot of talk about the lineups. I'm just going to give you the City one. So we had Ederson and uh, Walker... Stones, Ruben Diaz and Cancelo at the back. In the centre of midfield, you had uh, Rodri and Mr. Whippy Gunduan, And uh, then you had Mahrez, De Bruyne and Foden. And nominally, uh, Bernardo Silva in the uh, false nine. but think uh, oftentimes that would be KDB in there as well. OK, let's start off with Ray. Ray, what do you think about the lineup?
1: have uh, Probably uh, our best Team on current form. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any arguments about that. Apart from, I would argue KDB on current form didn't deserve to be there um, because he wasn't up to speed. Um, But you know, Pep's going to keep playing him. But the rest of the players, I don't think you could argue Sterling wasn't picked. Whether that's he's rested, whether that you know he's. I mean, some people said, oh, you know, he's missing games and stuff, and Pep's not picking him. But he's played 25. Out of 30 Premier League games and all seven Champions League games. So he's played a lot of games this season, as well as four games in the Cups. He's played a stack of games. So there's no harm uh, giving him a rest. And on form, he's probably the weakest of the front, uh, the front six or seven
0: that we would choose from. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that is an. That's a that's a statement that's probably true. It might not win you a lot of um fans, um, but there's not much arguing with it. Guys, um I just go over to Colin Savage. Um extraordinary looking uh, bench, wasn't it? You had uh Gabriel Jesus, you had Sterling, you had Aguero, you had Laporte, you had Ferran Torres, Fernandinho. It does inspire a great deal of, um, jealousy. And, uh, we did have an extraordinary rant from, um, uh, Mr. Goldbridge. Um, and this is the second video that he's put on this topic. The first one was slating us for, for not having a fan base. And, uh, now we're ruining football. Um, what do you think, Colin?
2: Well, let's all celebrate the fact we're ruling Goldbridge's football. All. Well, uh, Brent de Cesare, the former Nottingham Forest supporting um, ex policeman, apparently can't believe that? that,
1: dear, oh dear.
2: Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, the question has been asked, uh, and with the greatest respect to Ray, of course. Um, you know, do, do you need a fan TV channel like United Stand to be a big club, or Arsenal fan TV, or um, you know, all the Liverpool ones? Uh, you know, the Liverpool ones are actually. I say too bad. They're quite professional. But Anfield wrap. Anfield rap, Yeah, I mean they're they're quite professional uh, productions, but Goldbridge just a troll. I mean, why people would pay to watch? He's an entertainer. He's not. He's not talking seriously. He's, he's you know he's everything that's wrong with modern football fandom. And as I say, Ray is someone who takes his craft seriously. Um, you know. Always looking for something informative, intelligent, but but Goldbridge is just a you know a throwaway. Can I have that in writing, Colin? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> but G- Goldbridge is
1: the Miguel Delaney of fantasy, yes. isn't it?
2: Good, that's a good description. Um, you know, I, I there's been some um, let's say discussion, heated discussion on Twitter about new new versus old fan base. No, I you know doesn't bother me where where, where our fans come from. Or how long they've been fans, you know where they come from, whatever. I don't care if they're a city fan. I welcome them into the fold, and and long may they be city fans. And I I think we always realised that a bigger fan base was—I wouldn't say the price of success, but it comes with success. More people, as the as the as the Premier League, you know, is a global league. More people latch onto successful teams. It's how Liverpool and United got their fan bases. You know, and, and if, um, um, you know, United haven't won the league for eight years, Liverpool have won it once in 30 years, you know, if in 30 years we've still got the same sort of fan base that Liverpool and United have got now, well, that's great, fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, despite the um, ever so slight lack of love for Kevin De Bruyne from um, from, from Ray and his effect on the disruption of that you know, five-man attacking swarm that uh, City have. You can understand Pep's difficulties in narrowing that down to people that he can play. Um, nonetheless, what a goal. Um, memories of one of the goals he scored against Chelsea. Um, nice little layoff from Mares, and, wah uh, in the back of the net on the 12th minute. Didn't have to wait too long, Ray. What did you think about it? Well,
1: well, it was an absolutely uh, barnstorming goal, wasn't it? It's a screamer. I mean, the thing I've said about KDB is I think in the game since he's been back, he's playing his style of football, which wasn't fitting with the style of football that the team were playing in his absence. Whilst KDB's not been there, we've been doing a lot of these short uh, passes around the edge, edge of the box looking for the space, looking for the gap, um, creating space by using the false nine, people moving away. Um, and since KDB's been back, he's been doing his normal thing, putting wonderful crosses into the box, but there's been no one there. He's been looking, and I think he's been trying too hard to to uh, to dig out that worldy of a pass. But last night, he actually played as a part of the team. And I think he benefited from it and the team benefited from it. We looked... Uh, more dangerous again. You know, people like uh, Gunduan, who I think um, was playing under Kevin's Shadow, and and Concello wasn't playing the same way. Uh, and we were struggling to get Bernardo in, and and suddenly yesterday, with Kevin playing this wandering role, I think all our front five are flexible and fluid and uh, moving everywhere, taking up space and moving out, creating space for others. Uh, and we'd already, uh, you know, warmed um, Brescia. Uh, Munch and Gladbach w- with a pass from a wonderful pass over the top to and who I think should have done better with his chance um and then KDB on on the 12th minute scored an, an absolute beauty goalie had no chance uh, and it's quite funny watching um, the uh, official uh, Munch-, uh, Munch and Gladbach's uh, twitter uh, in english uh, and they were basically trolling their own, own team because um, they, they, they hardly got the ball. I think there was a stat that we had about ninety percent possession in the first five or ten minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, BMG hardly touched the ball, and and KDB, you know, he, he played a nice game yesterday, uh, and that that stunning goal uh, capped it off.
0: Yeah, um, um, Colin, a little remark here from the Guardian. Uh, City are doing what they want while Gladback chase around after them. And I, I think that was basically uh, quite a good summary of it. But, um, yeah, um, how do you deal with this um, proliferation of, I would say, uh, you know, in-form um, group of players and you can't fit them all into the team? Obviously, you've got Gundogan, you've got Foden, you've got Bernardo, you've got KDB. Uh, obviously, Rodri seems to be a mainstay. He can come out and Fernandinho can come in. And, um, it, you know, it, it's just the the solution seems to be that um, to get them all in, you've got to leave uh, Aguero on the bench or Gabby Jesus on the bench. Um, and, of course, um, a lot of reports um, after this match, I don't know if there's any truth in any of them, where there was some strange comment about... Um, Allegedly, Sergio saying that they wouldn't pass him the ball. Do you give any credence to that?
2: Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I tend to take all these ups- unsubstantiated things with a, a, a pinch of salt. Like that supposed bust-up between Sterling and um, KDB and, and Pep, uh, it all shown to be a lot of nonsense, wasn't it? And unfortunately, again, you know, some of these City accounts. Uh, I, and I know what an aggregator does. But some of them seem to focus on the negative. and And, you know, I, I did advise um, the, the City Extra guys that perhaps they should apply a certain level of critical thinking to these things before they retweeted them, particularly completely unsubstantiated. Some guy said, I live near the City Stadium and I speak to <laughs> some of the coaches. Well, you know, it was obviously complete nonsense. And, and, and why are we. Giving that any sort of credence, because of course, once it appears on Twitter, then the media pick it up. And uh, there's been a couple of things like that, where you know, Twitter rumours have appeared. As, uh, uh, and as we know, once the media get hold of it, it becomes in inverted commas the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the- I mean, Aguero's in the last year of his contract. He's barely played this season. He's hardly set the world on fire when he has played. It might be time to accept that he's. Um, Hard as it is that he's yesterday's man, and and you know, the and as Ray said, the team was so fluid, so flexible, uh, and that you know, the pattern had been set. It's almost like muscle memory. Why would they, um, to to be able to cope with a conventional striker, why would they do that when we're so successful without it? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Ray, it seems to be that, um, uh, from what we've seen anyway, that, um, it could be as as Colin suggested that they're prepared to let Aguero go. If you're judging by appearances, they're not um, willing to part with KDB though. <laughs> um, and so it is difficult, isn't it, Ray? You've got to think about like trying to fit that little bee's nest swarm of a well, you know strikerless uh, formation into the Sydney Eleven, though, isn't it? Well, we've got about eight
1: attackers if you. Uh, if you think about it, Gundogan, KDB, Fordon, Bernardo, Sterling, Mares, um, Jesus, Aguero, and I probably missed somebody up Torres. So we've got loads of people, and there's only five spots for about eight or nine players. And, you know, you've got to have a, a mix of quality. Um, people who have shown it for years, that's KDB. People who are showing it right now for the last few games, Mares. Uh, Fordham's been good bernardo has been good Gundam's been good I mean you know h- how can you squeeze people in and and, and I said this you know, whilst Aguero was injured that I don't think he will get a chance or he should get a chance at starting games until April you know he mm-hmm. has to show that he deserves it um, and the, the sad thing is I think Aguero as a n- normal striker without putting the same level of effort in uh, to work hard for the team is actually a backward step uh, no matter how good he's been for us in the past at some point sen- sentimentality has to go out the window you know winning football matches and winning cups and trophies and competitions you've got to be ruthless uh, and, and I'm not saying Aguero should go I, I'd actually uh, hope and expect him to get a, a 12-month extension uh, for next season on his contract just because this season he's hardly played it's like, you know, people say, well, he'll be 32, 33 or whatever, but he's not played this season unless he's had any after effects from his injury. It's like having a rest for a year almost. And if he can come back, um, you know, we'll see this in April and May if he, if he can come back to form. So, but you're right. It's really, really difficult and someone's going to miss out. And as soon as somebody misses out, the media are there. Such, sadly, sometimes self-inflicted by City fans, but the media are there to say, "Oh, well, Sterling's not played; he's not started a game. There must be something going on." Or Aguero, you know, he's, he's only, you know, he hasn't been starting uh, loads of games. He hasn't been getting many minutes since he came back. You know, you had Pablo Zabaleta in his interview, I think, with Ian Cheeseman, say saying that Aguero, you know, because Aguero looked frustrated by not getting on in the derby. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But you know. Aguero and, and, and Zabaleta said something like, You know, Aguero was frustrated. You know, he's been uh, in Manchester for 10 years. He knows what it means to play against Man United, their biggest rivals, and everything else. And he wanted to contribute to the team. And I think Zabaleta did it in a very diplomatic way to say that. But as soon as something happens, you know, um, Laporte's not playing. Apparently, he's really unhappy. Mares isn't starting. He's unhappy. We had it last season with Concello. And we. we Tend to get it again and again and again, but right now I think generally there's there's <coughs> actually a lot of harmony in the team. Um, and Finally, Gund- Gundogan was, I think, asked yesterday. Um, uh, he said, "If you offered me like a contract or a piece of paper that I could sign to say that I would not score any more goals this season, and the team won all the trophies, I'd sign that piece of paper right now." And the team, the players are playing more as a team. And I think you'll find uh, Aguero is not as much of a team player as the rest of the forwards.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, um, guys, um, we obviously don't have uh, the time or possibly the inclination to go through absolutely every moment of interest in this game. But um, it's quite convenient, therefore, that it was only um, a few minutes later uh, that uh, City got the second goal, uh, featuring two of the aforementioned um, front eight, and uh, this was um, a Foden uh, striding through the midfield, a bit like Lothar Mateus, and sliding through a, a pass through to Gunduan, and uh, you know what happens when he gets it uh, in front of goal. It, it, it basically ripples the net with uh, quite comforting regularity. What did you think about this one, um, Colin?
2: Well, it was a brilliant counter-attacking goal, wasn't it? I mean, um... Munch and Gladbach were were pressing us quite deep, um, but I think it was Stones, was it, Played the ball yeah. into Foden, who went on a run. Perfect timing of passing to Gundogan. At first, I thought Gundogan had miscontrolled it slightly. I think he uh, hit it a little bit too far ahead of him, but actually worked out perfectly because he drew the keeper and he was able to just slide it past the keeper's uh, right the keeper's right hand uh, le- right leg into the corner of the net. Brilliant goal! I mean, and and what you know, effectively stones Foden, and bang from you mm-hmm. know one end of the field to the other.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the city I've, I've I've discovered I've only lost one of their past thirty-two matches in all competitions, and uh, and then of course Ray the talk of the uh, quadruple begins to start again, and um, as much as I fancy us to take the uh, the Premier League and um, at least one of those two domestic trophies. I don't know, I get just a bit annoyed when people um, start talking about the quadruple in terms of the Champions League, because it's not like we haven't been bitten th- three times the bum before with Lyon and Liverpool and Tottenham. And um, yeah, I was really irritated by listening to a couple of City podcasts where there was a lot of happy, clappy cheerleading and, um you know, until, uh, until I get definite proof that City have the mentality to handle um quarterfinals and semifinals, I, I think that we have to yeah. sort of like steer clear of that.
1: Well, the thing is, I mean, it doesn't help when before the game, uh, Zinchenko talks about winning everything <laughs> and then okay. Pep has to dampen down the expectations uh, um at his press conference before the game. Look, you know, we can't hide from the fact that we're probably going to win the, uh, the Premier League. We're in the final of the Carabao Cup against Spurs. We're in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup against Everton. And we're in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. We can't get away from that. You know, we are one win away from winning the Carabao Cup. Two wins from winning the... um Three wins from the FA Cup fi- uh, winning that. And possibly, you know, three, three wins away from winning the Champions League. It's not a lot of games and there's not many Premier League games to go as well. You know, we need to bat another four wins and we've won that. So you know, we could be looking at this season and saying, well, you know, eight more wins and we could win everything. So obviously the nearer you get, um, to the end of the season and you're still in the competitions, the more people are going to talk about this quad. And I think a lot of it, like in previous seasons when we've been close to it, um, a lot of the talk comes from outside the club, outside, well, certainly not the club, outside the, our fan base. All your, you know, relatively few uh, are talking about it openly. It usually comes from um, journalists and other fans, opposition fans, who are building City up. And then when we don't get the quad, if, you know, it, for example, in the um, eighteen nineteen season, when we won all the domestic trophies, well, that didn't matter because we didn't win the Champions League. And that's basically what, that's the stick that people try to downplay that unbelievable record achievement of, you know, winning the last 14 games on the bounce to pit Liverpool by one point and winning, you know, the Community Shield, the FA Cup, the the League Cup and the League. And people wanted to downplay that unique achievement never, ever been done before. And, you know, as I I said many times if they can't beat us on the pitch they find reasons to to downplay our achievements and what this side has done you know this side that's probably going to win three league titles in four seasons uh, once by record number of points second time by the second highest number of points this time will be probably um, by you know a a gap of um, at least 10 or 11 points if we carry on like this people just want to you know either build us up and knock us down or find a way to uh, diminish uh, what Pepper's done and what the team has done
2: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> yeah and uh, Colin Savage without wanting to rain on people's uh, parade uh, mentioned Gladbach are 10th in the Bundesliga and they've lost all their games seven games since uh, they took that fantastic decision to announce that Marco Rosa, is uh, going to be joining uh, Borussia Dortmund at the end of the season. I, I don't know why they have to do that and uh, why they ha- why they expect that um, things will be tickety boo until uh, their manager uh, swans off into the horizon. It's an extraordinary announcement and it hasn't uh, hasn't done them a bit of good at all, has it?
2: Uh, no, I mean you think back to Pellegrini, of course, um, and, and we did the same. You know, he announced in February. That uh, he would be leaving, uh, Guardiola would be. What I think we said, Guardiola would be taking over, um, or or he didn't. Uh, maybe he didn't say Guardiola. What the assumption was, it would be Guardiola. Um, and, and it doesn't help. But you know, is there um is there a kind of a good way or a bad way to do these things? Because you know, again, we're talking about the media. They will speculate day in day out about what will happen. And sometimes the speculation can be just as damaging as the. Um, Reality, so mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but but you know whether it affects the players, whether it or whether it affects his motivation, um, I'm not sure. So you know, you'd have to ask them that. But uh, you know, this there's, 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 it's sometimes easier to do that, isn't it, than than to have to talk, you know, answer the continual speculation and deaf questions from the media.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, Ray, over to you. Um, uh, Just a quick aside, a quick side question. Um, That's two games now when we have seen um, uh, Zakaria, who was much mooted as the player who would come in in the summer and uh, replace um, Fernandinho, who the media have decided are going, uh, even though, you know, we hope he gets another one year extension. Um, anything that you saw in the performances of Zakaria that made you think that this is the guy? It's
1: really difficult for me to say, um, simply because you don't know how somebody's going to fit into the city's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for instance, if I said to you, you know, you look at Fabian Delph right now, and, you know, playing well, doesn't play that much for Everton. But if I said, to, you know, three years ago he was a city left back. Uh, 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 as part of a team that won uh, the league with one hundred points, and then you know, the season after we got ninety-eight points with him uh, uh, left back again for a reasonable amount of the season, and you wouldn't believe that. And you know, so there are people who can play in a side um, and and fit, uh, and, but in, in another side or you know, for a different team, they might not look so good. Um, and and I, so it's really difficult to say whether playing in this city side would make him shine and stand out the way Fernandinho shines and stands out. And you say, you know, I'm sure if we sent Fernandinho to play for uh, Gladbach, if he was playing for them last night, we probably would have thought he had a good game if, you know, if we cruised to, to a victory. So it's difficult. I, I, I saw bits and pieces, but not enough to make me, you know, salivate and want him um, at my club desperately. Um, you know, I... I haven't seen enough of him. I'm not a scout and, and I'm not that great at reading players, but I didn't see enough to make me say, yeah, he should, we, we should be going for him next season.
0: Yeah. Um, Colin, just to, let me test your historical knowledge here. It seems to me, was it Don Revy in City's team uh, when they were given the name the Wingless
2: Wonders? Um, uh, no, 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 no. You, you, the Wingless Wonders were Alf Ramsey's England team.
0: Right okay
2: Don, okay Don Revy was the the uh, what do they call it the, the deep lying striker or so what we call the false 9 uh-huh. but, but uh, he was a striker who was played in a uh, a midfield role rather than have a midfield player playing as a striker
0: right the wingless wonders were Alf Ramsey's English 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 yeah. team uh that would have been pre pre 66 i'd imagine right um and now, of course, we've got the strikerless wonders here with um, Man City, uh, Gabby Jay and Aguero on the it, bench, and um, it begs
2: the question, doesn't it? Do, you know, yeah. obviously, we'd all love um, Haaland, but mm-hmm. do we need him? You know, you look at the way we're playing now, almost without a striker, and you think, with, with the team we've gone, with the bench we've got, bench we've got. do we ne- do we need? Well, Haaland? I think I, I, like
1: I think Colin. What I, I think we do. I really do think we need Haaland so that we can leave him on the bench, uh, and that the media can say we've got another oh, hundred yes, million pound player on the bench.
2: True. That's very true. Yes. It, you know, right?
1: It, so we, so we want to make sure that our bench costs more than anybody else's. You know, maybe uh, anyone else's first team.
0: Yes, yeah. uh, more grist to the mill for uh, Ian Dark. I think. Um,
1: I, I actually think we should have a gold gold bench. So that's <laughs> you know a solid gold bench. Um, uh, physical solid gold bench that they can see. It's definitely cost
0: more than everybody else's. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Colin, just um, uh, just staggering um, headlines splashing the back pages of uh, of the British press. And I, I read this week that, um, uh, <clears throat> amongst others, that Manchester United have decided that Haaland is their man. <laughs> um, and you're thinking, um, yeah, OK. So I'm just wondering... Um, what would possibly attract Haaland to Manchester United? And then, of course, the, then came the next one, which is Barcelona. Barcelona <laughs> have made Haaland their top target. And you're thinking, are you, are you guys, uh, test, uh, you're just, just, just trolling us as, as readers. And they don't have a, you know, a pot to pee in uh, financially. And yet, um, they're talking about, um, Haaland as their number their number one um target who would by all accounts cost at least 100 million ray i mean uh do these guys ever check themselves
1: oh look look, look i've said it many times you know there was a start a few years ago as to how many transfer rumors actually came true and it was it was in the single digits single digit percentages um and the thing is okay Transfers can fall down at the last minute because of wage demands or uh, medical or something. But generally, uh, I think a big chunk of these transfer stories are just made up. The rumours are just that. They're just made up because no one's going to contradict them, generally, and they sell newspapers and uh, generate clicks on social media and stuff like that. And, and that's what it's done for. So, you know, as we've said in the past, the positive stories about Man United and Liverpool, that generates a lot of interest from their fans. And negative stories about Man City generates interest from City fans and opposition fans who come along to laugh at us. And it's just exactly the same with these transfer rumours. So, you know, as you said, Barcelona has something like a billion Euro Euros in debt, they, um, you know, they've they
2: got 1.1 billion euros. 1. A right. Right. You know? Let's let's, <laughs> Let, let's, um, let's in our inner Ian Dark here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but that's it. I mean, I mean the, the, you're right, they haven't got the money, they, they've got players who, like Garcia said, if I come in January, I will apparently, I, I will. Um, Take no wages for the first six months to help smooth this over. You got Barcelona side who who wanted, desperately wanted, Garcia, and couldn't pay six million euros in January. They wanted Memphis Depay, they couldn't pay five million euros for him in January. These guys, at the end of their contracts, have only got six months to go. They want them, but they can't afford them, and they've already got the players taking was it a twenty-five or thirty-three percent wage cut. So they're struggling. Everybody's generally (laughs) struggling. You know, you, you you all guard big teams like Real Madrid, like um, um, Barcelona. I think Juventus are struggling a, a little bit. But you know, and I've said it many times. Where can Harlem go? Liverpool can't afford him, especially if they especially if they don't get Champions League. You're left with PSG, uh, Man City, Man United, um, and maybe Bayern Munich. And I think that's it. Now, I can't see anybody else being able to afford him and can't see him wanting to go anywhere else, really, apart from maybe I'll throw Chelsea in because you know, they've got more money than sense. Um, mm-hmm. So three clubs in England, one club in Germany, one club in France, and that's it. Um, and I, I just, you know, looking at the transfer business that happened last summer, and I, I said this many times, that LaToro Martinez wanted to go to Barcelona. And they couldn't afford him. They couldn't afford the Inter's 80 million euros, um, to buy him. And, and now he's signed a new contract because he knows the Barcelona thing's not going to happen because they haven't got the money. Uh, I actually said if we wanted him, we should have put a, a you know, a lower, a low bid in of about 40 or 50 million euros and see what happens. Uh, I think once again, we're going to find this summer probably, um, there's not as much money as there used to be floating around. You know, teams have gone through a, a season without fans. You know, it, it, you know, someone like Liverpool have, have missed out about ninety million quid of income. United have missed out on about hundred and ten. Spurs have missed out on uh, probably the best part of hundred million pounds as well. So, you, and, and Arsenal have probably missed out on uh, eighty odd million. So everybody's struggling, and it's the same across Europe as well. So I, I don't, as I said, these stories are just made up to to sell papers, to get people to click um, out of their uh, curiosity and anger, and it's, it's Mike Goldbridge syndrome, isn't it? It's, it's a lot of rubbish, a lot of drama um, with very little... Basically, it's flannel, isn't it? It's a lot of
0: rubbish. Mm-hmm. Well, just um, rounding this game off, I mean, was, KDB had a couple of um, cracks at go as well, um, including that 30-yard free kick, which was just pushed over, and the one that was just curled wide um, from the edge of the penalty. Riyad Mahrez also he had like a, that double effort um, of his trademark move, but he wasn't able to curl the ball in. He tried it twice, uh, didn't work out for them. But City were in total control. There was a bit of life from um, Borussia Mönchengladbach in the second half. I think they've got two, you know, d- reasonable players there in in Bodo and, and Marcus Turam. but um, he, uh, Ederson uh, basically. Uh, had to make a couple of saves but he, he's impressing me guys I mean he's not um he's uh, obviously he's they, they've, they've not been forcing him to bring out the 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 spectacular saves you know that are called you know ones for the camera he's um, just um refreshingly reliable um Colin what would you think what would you say
2: uh, yeah um you know we know what he can do uh, <coughs> one of the criticisms we, we know what he can do with his feet. I mean, there was one during that first half where he pinged a ball about 60 yards to a player on the touchline, um, quite, you know, to the inch. Um, so that, you know, that's never been in doubt. His calmness under pressure, what, where, where there's always been the question mark is about his ability when facing, having to face a save rather than play the ball out. But there were mistakes previously, but we've not seen that many. Um, Recently, and and yeah, he's made some very, very good saves, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Very
0: reliable. uh, Yeah, yeah, and uh, Diaz and and Stones looking um, uh, comfortingly reliable once again, leading to a lot of stories in the press about whether John Stones is going to be recalled for the England, England team. Um, of which I think that most of us don't really give a fiddler's whether he goes back to the Eng- England squad or not. But um, yeah, his fine form um continues, and he'll probably be you. He'll probably be recalled on Thursday um for Southgate's uh, squad. You would expect Ray, wouldn't you?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think two of the first names on the team sheet: Phil Forden, John Stones. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's no question about that. Uh, they're two of the best uh, performing players at City this season and and, uh, naturally they should be um, in in the squad.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got like a a few more targets to aim at in terms of records because I understand that City have now scored more than 100 goals in each of their past eight seasons in all competitions and only um, Manchester United have bettered that. They had uh, nine in a row uh, between uh, 2004-05 season and uh, 2012-13 mm-hmm. where they did the same uh, thing and uh, another one that I was unaware of um, is only the third team in Champions League history to keep seven consecutive clean clean, clean sheets Um, I'm just uh, pipping uh, AC Milan who did seven in uh, 2005 uh, currently holding this record is Arsenal with 10 um, uh, which uh, concluded in April 2006 um, if memory serves that's the year that they went into the final and um lost in the final and um yeah for guardiola personally his teams have scored uh, 100 plus goals in all his 12 seasons as a manager since 2008 2009 so that's the the bold fraud for you um but, but not, are uh, we yeah. are we are not but we're not the top scorers um are we yeah <laughs> There's one Not team in England got more goals than us. That's right. That's right, of course. Who could that be? <laughs> Any guesses? Uh all right. Well let's ask uh, let's ask Colin.
2: Uh, I'm hearing crickets. I've crickets. no idea.
0: Okay, Ray. Put us <laughs> out for a Spurs. Minute. Spurs. hmm Can't all believe right. that. But it's Spurs.
2: Oh, gosh. <coughs>
1: OK, well, well guys, you, you
2: know, that 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 free-flowing buccaneering team <laughs> under Mourinho that they are. It's, well, um...
1: did, did, I hope you said
2: buccaneering
0: there. No. <laughs> OK, yeah, I'm just before we go into uh, some part of the dialogue from a carry on film. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let, let's go back in time, guys, because obviously, um it's been a while since we've been podding together, and there have been a few uh, other matches uh, since then. And uh, uh, three, to be precise, um, not including uh, this game that we've just talked about. And uh, I guess one of the ones where that we're going to talk about is the that devastating 2-0 uh, loss to uh, Manchester United, um, Colin how on earth did that happen um, i mean come on i mean surely um there was no possibility of that you looked at the team lineups and you looked at their their form going into this game three zero zeros of city were uh, knocking teams sideways and um and they did they put it over us again much to the much to the delight of Brent and, and his mates I and mean, how did that happen
2: well uh... <laughs> You know, I, I looked at that starting eleven and I, I I was a bit um nonplussed, to be honest. I mean I know it's um nonplussed. I love that one. nonplussed, yes, you get good words on here. Um we, we know now not to kind of second guess Pep. Um but to me that, that starting lineup for a derby was wrong. I mean there's always this suspicion that Pep really doesn't get the derby. Uh, Because the players you'd want in there are Fernandinho, Foden, Bernardo And none of them started Mm -hmm. Um, So so we had uh, an out of form Kevin De Bruyne And an out of form Sterling And uh, a a barely in form Gabriel Jesus Uh, And also I didn't like the the back four Because um, Cancelo and Zinchenko for me Don't necessarily work well together I think I've been critical of Walker, but I think you want a traditional fullback with Cancelo or Zinchenko um, because of the way we play. And um, I, I just looked at that lineup and think that is not the right one. And um, you know, it was proved so early, wasn't it? I mean, I, I, I watched that game twice because I like 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 to watch it dispassionately when I'm um, you know got over the the result, so I can watch the game and focus on the game itself. And the thing that struck me was, um, Gabriel Jesus just displayed a complete lack of football intelligence in every every kind of phase of the game. Uh, you know, I'm not criticising him, uh, uh, you know, as a whole, because I've said before, he gives us something that Aguero doesn't. You know, he, he gives us that almost extra body in midfield, even defensively. You know, he, he, is, he is the defensive forward, isn't he, that... Uh, one idiot Liverpool fan described Roberto Firmino as, but um, you know his stupidity to give away the penalty. Um, nothing was happening in midfield. Sterling again, you know, he doesn't. The, the lad doesn't give up, but he doesn't do deliver any end product these days. He's either running into blind alleys, falling over his own feet, um, just you know, not shooting when he's got a chance. Kevin De Bruyne was I, th- I think in the first half I, I think every pass which every pass went to a red shirt not a blue shirt um and, and it, it that that line that that setup was just all wrong for me and it, yeah, didn't, really- it didn't help with giving away that stupid penalty Gabriel <laughs> Jesus didn't need to be he'd lost the ball in the first place mm-hmm. didn't chase back to retrieve it but again showed a complete lack of football intelligence um Marshall was completely surrounded by our defenders. I think one was about to point in the tackle, and he just kind of barged into the back of him. Well, it was completely stupid. So you know, to go one down to that lot, who, I know. who, who probably had come for a nil-nil because that's what they'd done in most other games. Um, was, was just giving them a, a gift, a, you know, a, a gift wrapped, gold-plated gift. Um, yeah. after that, I thought we weren't too bad until the second goal. I thought we played reasonably well, but there, there was no end product. Um, and, and, and there was nothing that, I don't think there were any incidents that made you think that, oh, you know, we should have scored there uh, until the end uh, when we started missing decent chances. So um, I'd love to know what Pep's thinking was behind the lineup. You know, I'd love to ask him, um, you know, what he thought that was going to achieve. I say um, we had the three, three, three of the four forward players in, in not great form, and um, I think when um, Luke Shaw was, uh, was allowed to run through the way he did, it, someone must have told him pies were two for one at Greg's, <laughs> um, or there was a oh. sale. At, there was a sale at uh, the main road chippy. Yeah, Ray, it comes to something
0: when we when we make Luke Shaw look like Paolo Maldini, doesn't it?
1: It was, it was a terrible, terrible, as Colin has said, terrible uh, uh, performance overall, really. We had some good moments, but, uh, you know, picking players, and we did it again, I think, in the next game, picking players who either are not fit. I don't think KDB was, in terms of uh, match fitness and form, he hadn't got it. And Sterling and Gabby J were out of form. Um, so, you know, as Colin said, you want that energy from Bernardo Ford and, um I, I I don't think you needed Fernandini, but for now Bernardo and Ford I think you've got to have at least one of them, if not both of them, in that, that lineup. They they'll give you the energy that you need, they'll give you that extra little bit of desire. And there was there was just so there were so many things wrong. I mean, I don't make notes of everything that happens in a game, but in the first half, in the space of ten minutes, I had four bad passes from KDB. And that and you know, uh, and that went throughout the game. He must have done six or seven, or eight really poor passes, poor crosses, um, and he, I just think he was trying a little bit too hard to to pull off world-beating, um, you know, crosses and stuff like that. Um, and what, as Colin has said, what Gabriel Jesus was doing, I mean, surely. Tactically, before the game, we would, you know, we'd tell them players, look, whenever you get, whenever Man United players get near the area, near the penalty box, you know they're going to, they're going to go down. You know they're going to go down easily. And the refs from a Man United fan, Anthony Taylor, and he's going to give it. And it was something really minute. You, you know, he went down, he got the penalty, and City struggled to come back uh, uh, from uh, when we're behind. And there's plenty of things wrong. Sterling hasn't scored against United apparently in 23 games. I that's a stat that you've got to look at. Generally, he struggled against Aaron wan He had half a good game against him last time, and that's it. He's generally struggled. So why he was on the pitch, I, I really don't understand. So there's there's plenty that we did wrong, and we, we missed once again. Um, right as Colin said, right at the end, we missed a lot of chances. Falden had a couple of good chances. Sterling had two. You know, I mean. Um, I've written here, Stirling's missed an open goal and he had a, a, a horrible header. I think he put that wide. We had the chances at the death, but I, well, we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it, a, a, anything from that game. I don't think we put enough into it. Um, we were too sluggish and that's been a, a fault uh, in the last few games where we started off a little bit sluggish and, uh, you know, we were made to pay.
0: And that was our long run, a uh, long sequence of, um, a victory is brought to an end by them it just sticks in the throat a bit does it doesn't it Colin and it makes you think that Solskjaer has got the Indian sign over Pep it's it's quite bizarre really that <clears throat> it should be him that um that's the one responsible for um you know throwing up these roadblocks to our performance but um
2: luckily well, well, the, you have yeah, to think well, you have to think there's um a deeper meaning of play here, you know, a cunning plan. <laughs> uh, because of course, you know, it, uh, he's been offered a new contract, hasn't he? A long new contract. So uh,
0: you know, sometimes
2: Sometimes you have to take a step backward to take two steps forward. Let's look Indeed. at it that way.
0: Well, I think... Genius from well, Pet, wasn't it? Genius from uh, Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a really, like a Blackadder-esque plan to get um, uh, shower another contract. and um, I, I didn't hear any details about that, actually. Guys,
2: do, has he has been given another two or three years? Is that right? I don't think he signed anything, but the story was he was going to be offered a new three-year contract, was it?
0: Fantastic, yeah. And I also learned that instead of going abroad for the um, Europeans' uh, progressive um, directors of football, they've done it in-house as well um, uh, with Myrtle, I think, and uh, and Fletcher former uh player um for united as well so again they've um they're uh, you know keeping the um the financial outlay, outlay quite um conservative i think the only sort of advantage ray to this whole debacle was that we did get a chance just a few days later to um to to get back on track and uh, they did it in some style um 5-2 against southampton where I thought personally, I mean, Ray might disagree with me. I thought Marez was just fabulous um, <laughs> in in this game. But um, what did you re- what did you reckon, Ray? Let's give you your your say.
1: Ma- Ma- Mar was all right. You know, I was obviously in the lineup. I was a little concerned. We had no Stones, Rodri, Cancello, Jesus, or Sterling. Pet made a lot of changes. Um, and actually, as I said earlier, we were we were sluggish. You know, um, Southampton putting us under a lot of. Pressure. Um, our passing was poor. I think KDB. I think I put him down as a number nine at the start. Um, but our pressing was poor. Our passing wasn't great. I think in the bad ten minutes, I just I said City are not in the game, you know. And Laporte had done three poor passes already. And then after 14, 15 minutes, we score. You know the kind of goal we we do against the runner player. One um, mistake from Southampton at the back. Pass over the top to Zinchenko. He passes it to Foden. Shot is saved, and KDB's there. There's me criticizing him. He, he scores off the underside of the bar. And I just think it was um, individual brilliance. Um, we, we showed quality uh, despite Southampton being in charge. I thought for a lot of that first half, Southampton, you know, they, they, they didn't play like a team that's lost six or I think six out of the last seven games. And, and in fact, if you're if you'd come, if you're a Martian, come down from Mars, and you're watching that game, you might have thought that Southampton were the team that was at top of the league, and City were the ones struggling in the bottom third.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. Was that really? I mean, I just, I didn't see too much in that penalty incident then, um, Colin. Ward Prowse obviously uh, got one back for no, Southampton, and again, it's Laporte, uh, and he,
2: he just, uh, he just didn't deserve it. Um, what did you think of that? Uh, well, I. I, I I struggled to see it. I struggled to see it as well. I mean, the corner was cleared, uh, the ball came back in and Yannick uh, Vestergaard went down like he'd been hit by, you know, a wrecking ball. Uh, and, and I looked a few times and I struggled to see anything that could have caused that. And um, Laporte had had his hand out uh, and and had caught him. But it certainly wasn't enough to send him going. You know, he's what six foot four. Vestergaard certainly wasn't enough to send him going down like that. So, so he had caught him with his hand, but whether that was worth a penalty, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. You know, still look at it and think, you know, why? Why would you give that? And you think, well, VAR will overturn that, but of course, you know, Mm -hmm. as we've seen, it it won't necessarily overturn it. And uh, so, 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 you know, very a very soft penalty, and and for me. (laughs) The definition of a penalty should be, did the action completely cause the reaction? Which would get rid of a lot of Mohamed Salah's penalties.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a a dive. Actually, it's it's interesting that Pep, I think, criticised Walker. And Walker, you know, he he did this crazy, crazy backheel near the halfway line. um, When he was near the edge of the pitch and not knowing who was around him, he just backheeled it into the middle of the pitch, which... Said Hampton got, got the ball, said, thank you very much, went down. Um, and, and actually, Edison made a, a good save, pushed it uh, out for a corner. And then the corner come in, I think Laporte was n- nowhere. People say I criticise him, but I, I just notice when people make mistakes. Um, the, the header came in from Vestergaard, Edison saved it. And then, you know, it's unfortunate on Laporte that he, he really didn't do that much. He, he certainly didn't do enough to cause... Uh, Vestergaard to go go down like he did. Well, Vestergaard's about six foot seven. I mean, how can he go down like that? Um, it's absolutely crazy. I thought so, I must have missed something. I missed everything because he didn't do anything. It's, it's just cheap penalties like that is absolutely uh,
0: ridiculous. Um, well, Ray, just staying with this penalty issue, maybe um, Philip Foden needs to take a few lessons from Mr. Vestergaard because we can't uh, mention that without mentioning the other um, highly uh, talked about uh, event in this game, yes. which is um, Foden being, you know, uh, scythed down by their goalkeeper and um, and and VIR getting the chance to take a look at it and saying, I-, I don't know what the argument was from John Moss, that maybe the keeper had got a slight touch of the ball. I mean, what, what was that? Well,
1: the thing is, I mean, if, if Moss was unsighted, I understand that. I, I totally understand that, that Referees sometimes can be unsighted, they could be unsure um, and he didn't give a penalty. Uh, sometimes I'll, you can think that the referees are chickening out and just leaving it up to VAR to make a decision. But you've also got the problem where the VAR officials, and I said this as soon as it, it came in and we were having problems, that they don't want to overturn what the man in the middle has said. It's very rare that they, you know, that they overturn what, what you said or ask him to go look at the screen. Uh, and some of them had been absolutely uh, nailed on penalties that I haven't been given, and, and this was another one. Um, it was one all at the time, so this was a big moment. And Pep talked about it after the game. He said, "You know, look, we've won five two, and so now I can talk about it. If we'd lost, then you'd have said I would, you know, I was being it was sour grapes or something. I was whining. Um, but look, he, it, 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 it was a bad, um, a bad, It was a bad pass, and it slipped under the goalie's foot, and he chased it." Fordon just nicked it, got there ahead of him, and um, he fouled him. Fordon went down, but you know he's, he was scrambling to stay on his feet. Uh, the chance was missed, and VAR should, should have called it. I mean, I, I can understand. I can understand VAR. The only explanation is VAR didn't want to waste time. It didn't want um, John Moss to waddle over uh, to the pitch side monitor and waste five <laughs> minutes doing so. Um, and VAR also knew that we were going to miss the penalty anyway. So why waste time? But it was, as Pep said, it was incredible, incredible. Uh, and, and once again, we've seen fans ask for refs to be mic'd up. We want to know what the thought processes were. You know, how did they come to that decision? You know, did the VAR official say, uh, or did the referee say, I, I think the goalie touched it? Touched the ball, so that's why I didn't give the penalty. Did the VAR official say I can't see anything clear and obvious to disprove that? That's why it's not a penalty. I don't know. You know, it's just a crazy one. And obviously, the ref said the goalie must have touched it because he didn't give any card. He didn't give anything. So um, it's it's just another crazy decision um, that we have to to live with him. <laughs> For, for all people saying VAR is spoiling the game, it's it's not just VAR. It's the, I think most of the time, it's the officials. It's the yes. lack of courage from the officials that, are spoil, that is spoiling things. And we all always knew that there would be some teething problems. And we, we've seen recently where they're talking about changing the offside law so that if... Uh, so that just one part of the player has to be in line with the defender, one part of the attacker, a scoring part of the attacker has to be in line with the defender. The rest of his body can be ahead. That's going to be onside. I think that's the way it's going. We know things will change and improve, and it takes a little bit of time. But the biggest problems is 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 more certainly the officials. And I, I heard uh, Richard Keyes, I think it was Richard Keys or someone said you should have professional, full time. VAR officials, you shouldn't have people doing being a referee and a VAR, have somebody probably an ex-ref you know, who doesn't need to run around, someone in the 50s or whatever, watching uh, and, and just doing the VAR officials so they've got nothing to do with the referees on the pitch um, and they're not overworked because some referees at the moment are doing VAR official duty, they're doing all so many Premier League games and they're doing European games as well And maybe some internationals, some of them are overworked, have people just focusing on VAR and so that they will become experts in VAR by doing it
0: so much. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose the one good point is that it didn't cost us in terms of the points and um, what this is what I like about Riyad Mahrez. I mean, people can criticize him for uh, selfishness uh, sometimes, but he is so... So tunnel visioned, isn't he? <laughs> it's just really, he's, he's like, he's like an animal on instinct. He, he, as soon as he gets the ball, he's looking to do what he does. And he does it incredibly well, uh, especially recently. Uh, two cracking goals uh, there for him. Um, Colin Savage. I wonder how long this stretch of form is is going to last. If, 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 he, if he can keep that sort of, um, level of clinical you know, dead-eyed uh, shooting up, then we might we might be in, in for a chance of getting deep into the Champions League.
2: Yeah, well, I mean he's, uh, Sterling's form has declined, his has improved and, and what he can do is, you know, he can pick up like like he did for that goal, pick up the ball 30 yards out, uh, control a, a cross-field pass impeccably, pick up the ball, leave defenders kind of uh, dizzy in his wake, and then plant um a 30 yard, 20, 30 yard shot inside the far post. mm mm-hmm. And That's and right. That is what, uh, you know, and, and that's if you can keep that sort of form, you think, you know, again it's about 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 going back to that question. Do we need a um dedicated striker? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh who, who needs one whenever you've got um uh you know, shot making like that. What do they call him? The Algerian Arjun Robin? Because he used to do that from the other side for Chelsea. Um, uh, but uh, whilst everyone knew what he did, um, they weren't able to stop it. And um, yeah, and what was uh, fun about that was he scored the first goal and then um, nearly got a second one. Uh, and then, of course, after the break, got, you know, did it again, basically. I mean, he's. Um, he he was absolutely on fire in that game. I thought, and um, of course, uh, near the end we got another lovely. Well, got, I mean, he got
2: he got his second goal just before half time, didn't he? Because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I kind of noted he, he completely bamboozled about five or six Southampton players, mm-hmm. um, and played in a really delicate shot with his right foot. I think um, which hit the post, and he's so good at getting the ball into that far. Into that far post. Didn't quite work for him against Bunch and Gladback, but, um, uh-huh. and he just bounced out to Ilkay Gundogan, who was just stood there and just able to tap the uh, rebound in. Yeah,
0: listen to Colin Savage with the words nonplussed and bamboozled.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I've, you got, got I've got my th- dictionary th- th- on th- the th- desk, th- you know, <laughs> random word generator.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was a g- it was a great way, anyway, of getting back on track after that sort of demoralising loss to Stretford. Um And uh, the, the the final one, uh, guys. Of course, that I'm going to say. Could I just in- in- interject, please. Uh, interject. Oh, there's interject. another. It there was word. a
1: very interesting post-match comment from Pep. Uh, mm-hmm. I think is is worth noting. Pep said, "I'm going to play the players who helped me a lot during the season. Helped the team a lot." I'm going to rotate less. Going to the players who think about the club, the team, the rest will sit in the bench. So that's what Pep said after that game. And there's a lot of speculation as to who he was talking about. But yes, was yeah. there a
0: barbed comment
1: aimed at someone in particular, Ray? Well, I think he's aimed at one, possibly two players. I have care no idea to, who they are.
0: Care to um, make a guess? No, no, there.
1: we we no. we don't we don't. Um, Encourage idle gossip, Michael. Not
0: at all. Not at all. He did say something something
1: earlier in the season, um, actually, Uh, which I think was directed at Emerit Laporte, when he said, you know, what you, I mean, it might have been even Aguero, but he said, what you've done in the past, you know, it doesn't really matter. You need to forget about that. We need to focus on what you're doing now and what we think you'll do in the future. And Mm -hmm. it it could have either been, uh, I think it was Laporte, because Laporte wasn't happy that he wasn't playing. Uh, Well, you can't separate John Stones and Diaz, they were playing so well and not conceding goals, not conceding chances, mopping everything up. Um, and I think that was directed at him, possibly Aguero, because Aguero, I think, had come back from injury once and he, he's, he played a little bit. And But I don't know who he's referring to this time because it's hard to say because he's actually, since that comment, he's played most players since that comment. So it's hard to work out who he's referring to. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, guys, I, the the one game that um, that remains for us to talk about is uh, what uh, on paper looked like a very uh, standard three nil win, um, uh, and uh, in this particular game, um, uh, the three nil win um, against uh, Fulham at their ground, I think what bamboozled a lot of Twitter City fans was um, uh, an interesting lineup from um, Pep. So in this game. We saw the return of uh, people that, um, you know, we wondered whether they were still alive. Benjamin Mendy got a run out. And uh, Aguero, um, finally, uh, Pep responded to the, um, the clamouring for um, the return of Aguero. In fact, he actually scored one in the 60th minute. Um, Colin, what do you remember about this particular game?
2: um well, we had a very tough first half Fulham were uh, the highly motivated at the moment you know they from from being in a position where you just assumed they were going to be one of the three teams relegated they're now in a position where um they're not um, it's not you know, if they carry on the sort of run they're on they're um they're only now two points behind Newcastle although Newcastle've got game in hand three points behind Brighton, who also got a game in hand, uh, seven points behind Burnley uh, on the same game and seven points behind Southampton on the same number of games. So, uh, you know, a decent run. There's the teams, I don't think Burnley will struggle, but Southampton, you know, are um, struggling. And um, so, so they're highly motivated. Scott Park. Scott Parker's got them defending very, very well. And, and we had a bit, we played the three at the back, which. We seem to struggle to cope with a little bit. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Fulham. Uh, I think we. It, it's there's not many occasions where Fulham have given away three goals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, they've been doing very well, and I think they caused us problems for that first forty-five minutes. Uh, at least equal, if not more, than the problems we caused ourselves.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, yes, it was a stalemate until uh, half time, but then we we come at the. Uh... Cometh the moment, cometh the man, Ray. And it's it's that man, Stones again. Who needs strikers when you've got John Stones, eh?
1: Balls of steel, man. Balls of steel, John Stones. Yeah. Um, Now, I just want to say um, a a little bit about about this. Personally, I felt we had too many changes. We had too many players with either no form or minutes like Mendy, (laughs) Torres and Aguero. You know, and and sometimes, uh, and and Torres looked uh, devoid of confidence Agüero uh, looked a bit greedy, um, and we, you know, we, we did look a little bit ragged. Um, and then it's it's one of those things. We score a goal, uh, and then we, you know, we, we stroll past the team. And yeah, uh, you know, it was a free kick early in the second half. Um, I think it was poor defending from from Fulham, um, who stayed too. They had decided uh, in open play to stay at the half, uh, at the edge of the penalty area. They weren't going to retreat past that. They were trying to catch people off offside. Off and it didn't work. Stones um, snuck in, tapped the ball home. Uh, and and I think after, after that, very, very quickly, we put this... We, you know, within 10 or 12 minutes, this game was put to bed.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, your man Aguero um, got on the team sheet there, Ray, uh, again. And um, just reading um, something that has just popped up on my uh, Twitter timeline, saying that Aguero has vowed not to leave until we get the Champions League. So... That's an old they? one. That. That's
1: an old one. It's something from a few years ago.
0: Is that right? Actually, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's an old one. Um, uh-huh. So you know, hey, yeah, we might do it this season, and he can go. Um, but you know, because th- I remember at the time they had p- people had pictures of Aguero aged about eighty, still playing for City, trying to win the. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> uh,
0: fascinating stuff. Okay, well, um, Colin, uh, what's up next for City fans?
2: Uh, Everton uh, FA Cup quarter final. On uh, Saturday evening, uh, UK time. And um, that that was a trip I wasn't looking forward to uh, when it was drawn. But Everton um, look a bit of a shambles at Goodison. I mean, the problem with Everton has been in the last few seasons, they've been strong at Goodison, but um, woeful on the road. And they seem to have completely switched that around, whereby they're very good on the road uh, and are um, absolutely awful uh, at um uh, at home let's hope um let's hope it stays that way yeah because if you uh, look at the if you look at the um comparatively tables everton as a home club are um fifteenth on home games they've mm-hmm. they've uh, played fourteen won five drawn two and lost seven if you look at their away form they are fourth having played fourteen won nine drawn two lost three
0: right right coming off a of- um, damaging 2-1 loss to Burnley, Ray, and then uh, the game before beaten 2-0 by Chelsea. Uh, what are your feelings about this game? Um, it's, it's one
1: of those, again, Everton, good team. Um, what have they got to play for this season? Of, you know, they're still... I don't know if it would have been um, better if Everton was still challenging for the for top four. Um, you know, would they focus on that? To be honest, uh, we've got an um, international break after this game, so I think both teams will go into it and say, right, we want to win this, um, give it everything, put out our best team. I certainly we hope City do that, put out our best team um, uh, to, to try and win the game. It'll be interesting to see who, who Everton have fit, because they've had, uh, um, I think Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, probably both fit, Hammers Rodriguez hasn't been fit. I think Allen's just come back. I think De Kure, they've lost him. Was it for? The, is it the rest of the season or for a, a, a big chunk of the season? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they put out. But look, if we put out a team like uh, the one that played against Borussia Mönchengladbach, and we play like that, then um, there's very. I don't think there's many teams that can live with us um, in, in in the world in world football. You know, <coughs> so. I don't like going in there and thinking we're going to win, but I think, you know, as usual, if we play our game, if we impose ourselves on Everton, don't let them bully us with people like um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, then I, th- I think we should um, we should come out on top.
0: Um, Colin, just remind us who's left in the FA Cup. What hallowed names could we, if we're successful against Everton, could we meet? Um, Hello.
2: Let me check, let me check, let me check. Well, I think uh, Manchester United are still in there, aren't they? Ooh, um,
0: palpitations,
1: palpitations. And Bournemouth and Southampton. Uh-huh. Um, and then you've got, I know Chelsea are still there. Uh, Chelsea, Sheffield United and Leicester City against Man United.
0: Mm-hmm, right. And of course, after the game against Everton, we have the chance on the 3rd of April to avenge um, one of our losses And that is against uh, Leicester At their ground 5.30 kick uh, kickoff. So it would be good to put one over on them That's for sure um, But sticking with the topic of um, Draws um, When is the
2: uh, Champions League draw for the next stage? Uh, well, for the next two stages So they're going to draw yes. the Quarterfinals and semifinals In one go, and that's on Friday Right, so next right. Three
1: stages, Isn't it Colin? Because we're not hmm.
2: quarter final, semi-final
1: and final. <laughs> um,
0: so Ray, um n- people to avoid who uh, and people that you might fancy?
1: Um I think most people probably would say let's avoid Bayern Munich. Uh, personally, I wouldn't want to play against Liverpool. Um, Chelsea Looking pretty decent, you know. I mean, put I, I, out, okay, I'd
2: Texas prefer football. Liverpool to Chelsea, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I don't know. Um, I'd rather some, I'd rather Liverpool play Bayern Munich. I think that's <laughs> a tie I'd be very tough with. Yeah, we play someone. I don't mind playing Porto, nice. I don't mind playing Porto again. Um, real Madrid you take them, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, you know, who, who else is, I think that's mostly so. You got real, who's left Real
2: Madrid. Well, uh, the, well, there's um, well, obviously there's us, Real Madrid, Liverpool, PSG, Chelsea. Dortmund, Juventus, yes. Chelsea, and uh, Juventus. Bayern, Did you say Juventus? Juventus, uh, Porto. Sorry,
0: Porto. Well, Juventus are out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So interesting okay. stuff. Yeah, I think I might agree with Colin. We could have a crack at Liverpool and get our revenge on them. Um, although. With Fabinho back into midfield, they seem to be doing a little bit better. Uh, that's
1: why I said play, let them play Bayern Munich. Let, yeah, let
0: see <laughs> yeah, how good they really are, and get a good shellacking.
1: Um,
0: Shellack? <laughs> you you call Schellacking. it shellacking? You say shellacking? Yes, I got put my stress in the wrong place there. Shellacking, a good shellacking. Um, uh, so um, yeah, that that's that's interesting, uh, guys. Um, any other little issues? or comments that you might like to make before we close this out anything um piqued your interest or curiosity that you've seen um in the news uh concerning man city
2: no not so much this time not so much this time that i can think
0: of yeah yeah well um, this is normally the moment where ray chimes in but i can hear it's
1: not, not much, much going it's... on you know not man not city sure, yeah. women were through to the uh, quarterfinals of the Champions League we're playing against Barcelona women that's going to be a tough game and the winners will probably, will play the winners of PSG and Lyon who, Lyon have won it for the last <laughs> three years, four years uh, they're the best team in, in Europe um, so that's that's interesting uh, yeah. from a City women point of view, we won tonight, um, beat Bristol City 3-0 away from home um, you know, and it all points. And Chelsea wanting that as well. So all points um, to the game between City and Chelsea, which might be, uh, you know, the winner takes all. Mhm,
0: mhm. Well, well, guys, I think that that's pretty much it for this particular uh, episode. So, um, let's just uh, bring it to a conclusion now by thanking our contributors. You have been listening to. Mr. Presswitch Blue, Colin Savage, Colin. Thank you so much for coming on and bringing your thesaurus with you.
2: Oh, oh it's a pleasure, as I always say. Uh,
0: okay, and also you've been listening to Ray from. Uh, we do actually have a Manchester City fan channel, and we the one that runs we in, have a few. We there. have we have a few. We have a few, but um, the 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 producer of one of them is someone you've been listening to, and that's Ray. Ray, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, As Colin said, always a pleasure, Michael. Thank you very, very much, guys. That's it for this particular episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back very, very soon. So until then, finish off in the normal way by saying, have one on us and up the blues.